Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. You smell something funky? Yeah. Is that you? No. Uh, we just got crop dusted by a dog. <laughs> Which brings me right into... Oh, good Good, good morning. Well, hello, everyone. Good afternoon. What, ta- what time is it? Where are we? What welcome to another this? episode of the Eon Project where we do stuff and say stuff. That brings me to a crop dusting story quickly. And this is yeah. going to change your perspective We're on jumping things. right into things. I was at the uh, the local uh, workout establishment today. Workout establishment. And, uh, you know, every once in a while you run into a... Or, or you see various... People in there, obviously, yep. uh, very uh, ranging in different ages, uh, different, uh, you know, different levels of fitness visages. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I saw a very attractive younger lady, oh, uh, dressed in in her uh, uh, attractive and very fashionable, uh, you know, workout gear. Were you were you following her around? I saw her from a distance at first. I was like, wow, you were trying to get the right. She's angle very attractive to see her in the mirror so that she couldn't see you. So I was using a, a particular device and. Uh, <laughs> She, there was nobody else in there. No. She crop dusted no, me. No, no. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. She walked by. Beautiful women don't fart. And it smelled like uh, an outhouse. I, mean, I swear <laughs> to God, I know the distinct smell of poop. Are you sure it wasn't yourself? It wasn't me. Or maybe the janitor guy or the guy that nope. works the front desk nope. or something like there that? There was only her and I in there. Oh. And it ruined it for me. Were you going like way close to a seat that she was just on in the hopes of... Uh, no. No? No. She just walked by and... Maybe she... <laughs> There it went. Good for that young woman. She probably noticed that you were stalking her and following her about. Could be. And that was her way of chemical warfare to get you No, because I was wearing sunglasses. She couldn't tell I was looking at her. <laughs> Why are you wearing sunglasses inside? For that that specific purpose. You know, the only the only two types of people who should wear sunglasses inside are blind people and secret service agents. If you're anything other than those two things, mm. you should not wear sunglasses inside. You look like a douche. What if the fluorescent lights are too bright for your pupils? You're an idiot if you wear sunglasses inside. I'm mm. sorry. I don't wear sunglasses ever. I no? think you look like a just a no. Sometimes you get hard on. The sun is just too bright. It's too strong. No, and then it's just more things to do. Just I'm old. Things. I'm old. I got to protect my vision. Anyway, so this episode of the Eon Project is a world famous annual, which is uh, a misnomer because it's the first time we've ever done it. Mm. Listener suggestion show. That's right. So what we're gonna do is we have a, a myriad of obscure and weird topics that were uh, sent to us by our lovely fans, you guys, and what we're gonna do is kind of go into them. Uh, n- not spend too much time on each one because we have a bunch to get to. But so there's really no theme to the show. It's just whatever whatever our listeners sent us. That's right. So basically, the way it happened was we solicited the last program for listeners to uh, email us with show ideas or questions that they had for us. So yep, yep. I, I specifically didn't look at any of them until Mike just walked in a little while ago. <laughs> oh, the questions. Yeah, and we we quickly divvied them up. But I will say this: just a, uh, uh, you know, a quick glance of the questions. Yeah, there are some interesting. Uh, topics as well as personal questions that were oh, personal that were questions. that are being asked of us. So hopefully you can learn a little, gain a little insight and knowledge about us yeah. as people. So before we get to that, I want to I want to mention a fact, uh, something that's changed for me. So as you know, yeah, if you're a regular listener to this program, I always have a extra large black coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, mm. who is not a sponsor of this program, uh, to go, to get me through the recording session. However. The weather is so nice today that I have transitioned to an iced coffee. You, listen. Ooh, oh, oh, that sounds that? refreshing. I love the uh, the ice rattling around that, in there. Hear, hear that ice? So I am now uh, moved to summer mode, mm. and where I will enjoy iced beverages from now on. Well, but it's not black though. No, I can't have black iced coffee. That makes no sense. Yeah, it does. 
black iced coffee doesn't taste no, it's right. It's better than black hot coffee. No, I like black hot coffee all the time, 99% of the time. But for you have iced coffee, you need to add accoutrement. Well, what, well, let me ask you this. What kind of uh, what kind of seasonings do you put in there? This is a caramel swirl, sir. A caramel swirl. Do you put any additional... Uh... No, just whatever it comes with. <laughs> but what I mean is like cream and sugar? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Nothing special or anything. Cream and sugar. So you, you know eat what? the irregular sugar, right? This... Not the uh, no, regu- chemically altered... No, regular created. sugar. But yeah. you know what? This brings up an interesting point. When you go to... Re- and I don't, we haven't discussed this. I just... Off the cuff. When you go to restaurants, right? Mm. You know... I, I just want to point this out there for anyone who, who's got mental problems like myself. When you're looking at a menu, mm. do you look at, let, let's say you wanted to look, you're at a restaurant, like a casual dining establishment, kind of like a TGI Fridays or something something along those lines, Applebee's. And you look at the description of the item. Let's say it's a hamburger. Okay. And you want to eat a hamburger. Yep. And it comes with certain things. Now, I am crazy because I will not alter what is on there? Mm. If it has, if I don't like one item yep. that is on that burger, I won't order it. When I could probably just ask the person, "Hey, Correct. can you just leave this off?" Sure, I don't do that. If it doesn't have the exact things that I want, I skip it. It becomes too difficult, <laughs> and and you feel like you're 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 imposing on the yes, person. Yes, I don't want to impose. I want to be as unobtrusive as possible. You know, some people take that to the next level. I've been around people that will literally hold the 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 server at the table <laughs> for minutes. Oh yeah. You know, uh, that's a recipe for getting spit. and going over every every last bit of of whatever it is that they're ordering. Yeah, I've never worked in an actual restaurant. I worked fast food, you know, in high school, and mm. I've worked in an actual restaurant. But I know it looks hard, mm. and I don't want to impose on those people. So I try to be as as uh, you know as not not as needy as, as as I can be. I was at I was with a nice young lady uh, one time, Ooh. and we were going through the Taco Bell drive through. Oh, you're a big spender, and you know. Taco Bell is one of those places, it's not like made to order, right? You just, you know, you look at the menu board, you go, hey, give me the burrito Num- supreme. Number one or whatever. No, no. This person was like, okay, <laughs> I want the burrito, but I want you to take, tell them I only want half tomatoes, <laughs> and I don't want any cheese. Yes. I want extra lettuce and some beans in it. I'm I want, like, I want the hamburger slightly pan seared. It doesn't work that way at Taco Bell. No. And, you- if, and if you do that, you can't see what they're doing no, in the kitchen. they're doing something. They're doing, they're gonna alter your food. <laughs> so I refuse to order it. No. Should we jump into the topic since we have a bunch of different things to talk sure. about today? Do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Since you were swallowing. Well, you know what? Let me go loudly. first because this is gonna set the stage for, oh, okay. for the rest like, of the day. Okay, go. Okay. Yep. So this this is a question from it looks like Raoul. Ooh, Raoul. And Raoul is from Albion. The village of Albion in uh, Rhode Island. Oh, Albion. Which is a uh, French mill village Uh here close to where we're at. And Raoul wants to know, what piqued your interest in the paranormal and the unexplained? The unexplained. Would you like to start? No, you go ahead. All right. You take that. You know what? I really don't know. There was no no seminal moment in my life. Seminal? Not seminal. That's a... a, You're fresh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. It wasn't. There was no specific moment that I can recall. I yeah. just remember as a as a youth mm-hmm. that uh, these things just you know uh, they just always interest me. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Maybe it's a past life. Who knows? Yeah. But I do recall uh, several times when uh, Mike and myself, because we've been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in middle school or, or junior high when we were going there, that we would go to the local uh, library. Yes. This is when you go to the library, look through the Dewey Decimal System. Yes. The uh, card catalog. What is and all the that. Dewey Decimal System, and why do I have to learn it? A guy named Joe Dewey uh, <laughs> said, Joe "Hey, how can Dewey. I organize these cards uh, and make it as obscure as possible, haphazardly, yeah. and just come up with random numbers?" I have an idea. Why don't they just put them in alphabetical order? Why hmm. do they got to add these weird numbers and decimals nope. and nope. all sorts of nope. numbers? Scare me. I am scared by makes, numbers. Makes no sense. 
But anyway, we'd go there, and they had, uh, at the library, they had all these older books uh, that talked about all this uh, strange and unusual yep. uh, things that we talk about here on the program. Mm-hmm. One of them, I, I, well, two I recall specifically, but one was, um, you know, free to just go up and take off the shelf. Yep. And that was uh, one, it, 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 they, it was a, uh, what do they call it, a... Uh, a ritual to become a werewolf. Oh! I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't remember that. And it specifically described how you could be a werewolf. Did you do it? And they were pictures of a man turning into a werewolf. How did it go? I didn't do it. I was too scared. Oh, yeah, too, you might have turned into a werewolf, and this program would be vastly different. That's right. Hmm. But do you remember, Mike, the book that they held behind the counter that you oh, had to ask yes. specific it a, permission for? Yes, it was a book. It was in the... Uh, it was in the it was in the uh, restricted area, right? Which would lead you to believe that it was, had like boobies in it and stuff, but mm-hmm. that's not the case. It was a book about demonology, if I remember correctly. That's right. And that would just saying the word demonology made you. Uh. And we we used to uh, dare each other to go up and ask the lady. Was it like restricted to eighteen and over? Is that what or twenty one? Or... I don't know. They just didn't want. Did you we ever get it? We yeah, never... you got it. You went up one time and asked for it, which I can't believe. I can't believe I did that either. I'm mm-hmm. usually a coward. And we were only able to look at it a few feet away from the lady, oh. and we had to give it back. You had to give it back. No, it was scary. Well, I had a similar story. Do you? Rem- well, you don't remember, I'm sure. When I was a young lad, and you know, I don't remember purchasing books. As a young man, you mm. might, I think you just kind of came across them. Yeah. Oh, I have this book. I, there was no Barnes and Noble. There was no Amazon. So you just kind of acquired books somehow. And I, I ended up with a mammoth book of unexplained mysteries by a man named Hans Holzer. Mm. Uh, and I remember that from when I was a kid. And it had all sorts of stuff that we talk about. You know, it had ghosts. It had uh, demons and UFOs and unexplained occurrences and stuff like that. And I was I was fascinated by this book as a young child. Right. And I think that's kind of how it started. Yeah, we've, we've heard that name Hans Holzer later on in life. He was a uh, a pioneer in the uh, paranormal investigative world. He was. Yes, as a matter of fact, I don't remember exactly what he did, but he was cool. That's right. Okay, are you right. done with that question? That's, that's the first question from well, Raul. I, I picked out a couple of questions that have, that required me to do a little research. Okay. So I, I'll take one of those now. So this comes from Jeremy. From Little Rock, Arkansas. Have you been to Little Rock, Arkansas? I've never been to Arkansas. I've been through Arkansas. I've been to Arkansas, though. It's nice. Where's Texarkana? I bet you don't know that. Texarkana? Yeah. That's in uh, Oklahoma. Texarkana actually uh, straddles the border between Arkansas and Texas. Oh. That's why they call it Texarkana. Got it. So here's a question from Jeremy from Little Rock, Arkansas. He writes, what can you tell me about the origins of the flush toilet? So I'm going to jump into that. Mm, okay. Great question. All right. So here's, I did a little research because I really didn't know. You did your research quick. Yeah. Yes, I did. Well, no, I, I read up on these questions yesterday. Oh, you did? Oh, I, you cheated then. Oh, I didn't know we weren't supposed to do that. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Believe it or not, for thousands of years, people just kind of went poop and pee wherever they wanted to go. Mm. They really didn't think about much about it, you know, where they were going. However, the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Romans both had very elaborate systems of waste disposal, which you've probably heard that before. They had sure. aqueducts and yep, stuff yep. that would carry waste. They had like stone toilets you could poo into. That's correct. They had they had very advanced systems. But the Europeans, such as they were, were not quite so smart with how to get rid of poop. Hmm. So in England, for example, I thought this was funny. In the Middle Ages, rich folks had kind of a royal porta potty thingy where they would sit on a stone or wooden throne to go poop. And the waste traveled down a pipe and was deposited, guess where? Mm. Right outside the house. It's like onto the ground, right outside. Oh, gotcha. So the outside of a rich person's house probably smelled delicious. Yep. Also, around that same time, they had communal toilets, such as where there would be a bunch of people who went to the bathroom, uh, you know, like a centralized Mm. pooping center. So if if you're Italian in the kitchen and French in the bedroom, what are you in the bathroom? Dutch? European. So the communal toilets... Uh, they would all go into the bathroom, and there was one in particular, and I can't remember the name of it. It was some sort of weird name, but it was in, in England, in London. 
and this huge communal toilet where a bunch of people were going poo and pee constantly, mm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, was getting emptied right into the Thames River, <laughs> oh. which made the river quickly become not so fresh. The filthy Thames. The Thames River. Poorer poops, poorer poopers, <laughs> pooped in buckets right outside, inside their house, and then just emptied it out into the street. And they to- toss it out the window. They would, they would throw it into the window. Believe it or not, Leonardo da Vinci had plans for a flush toilet, but most people thought the idea stunk. Uh, <laughs> now, wasn't there something that they would they would say to people before they tossed the bucket Gardy out? Lou. Gardy Lou. They would yeah. say, Gardy Lou, and they would, I don't know what that means. They would throw out And you better poop. get out of the way if you hear Get that. out the way. Mm. It is not raining. The first patent for flushing toilet, which is actually the, the purpose of this question, was actually issued to a man by the name of Alexander Cummings in the year of our Lord, 1775. A watchmaker by trade, Cummings designed a toilet in which the water supply was brought low into the bowl and some water remained after each flush. Mm. That's about what we have now. It's right, a right. very similar system. Although this design wasn't perfect, it was improved upon and gained popularity throughout the years. That's basically where the flush toilet started. Here's the, a, a postscript to this story. Okay. Believe it or not, there was actually a man by the name of Thomas Crapper mm-hmm. who improved upon Cummings' design in the 1860s, giving us that great name that we all know and love, but he didn't actually invent the flush toilet. No. But the Crapper was a legitimate description of his toilet. I see. I'm going to the Crapper. It's spelled with two Ps, right? Yeah, C-R-A-P-P-E-R. Oh. So what do you, so hopefully, Jeremy, now you know a little bit more about flush toilet. Oh, Tommy Crapper. He was a cool guy. He's a crapper from Dorchester. <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, do you remember the the, uh, the science program? I used to love this program when I was a kid. Yeah. 321 Contact. 321 Contact. It was on public television. It's the answer. It's, it's the, the reason. reason for everything happens contact. contact. <laughs> <laughs> totally unrehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was watching that uh, one day, and they went out. And they were doing an adventure in the uh, an old uh, cave that had been found out in the, uh, the the southwest of the United States. Yeah. And they found an ancient uh, site of, like, uh, cavemen, I guess. Okay. And they uh, they discovered some petrified um, prehistoric poop. Ooh. They found a uh, poop area in this cave, <laughs> and they took it and they analyzed it. What was in the poop? I thought that was interesting. Oh, you didn't remember? What I don't was, remember that. What was the fiber content? That was a lot of fiber, a lot of meat and nuts. You know, let me ask you a poop question. Okay. If the poop floats... Doesn't that mean you're healthy? Or is that if you're not healthy, it floats? And if it sinks to the bottom of the bowl, that you're healthy? I don't, I don't, I don't think that has any uh, correlation. I don't know about that. Mm. There's, lo- there's a poop science. You Look could be up. a poop scientist. Well, how come one day it floats, one day it sinks? I don't know. We talked about this before. We have the ghost one. You know that you dropped one, but it goes right down the bowl and you never saw it. The worst is when you... Uh, it's like an assassin. You're, you're like, you basically paint a Picasso in the toilet after you flush. You look oh, down yeah. and it's just... The smears. Yeah. It looks like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't you go for, go for the next question? Okay. So the next question. Hold on. Let me just look quickly and see my uh, my list of, of things here. All right. Uh, I'm going to jump to... Oh, this is an interesting... Maybe this person doesn't have a grasp of the English language. I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to ask you this, Mike. Okay. And then maybe I'll chime in. So this is from Sergey in Kiev, Russia. Oh, Sergey. Dosvidanya. Sergey wants to know... Can crop circles be square? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, I can tell you, Sergey, that yes, crop circles can be any shape. As a matter of fact, throughout the years, crop circles have, have uh, been it, discovered in various geometric formations, squares, triangles, rectangles, parallelograms, mm. trapezoids, mm. octagons. So yes, I would say yes. But you know what? The vast majority of them, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the vast majority of crop circles have been determined to be 
to be hoaxes. Yes. Where people have come forward and said, yes, I created this one. This is how I did it. That's right. And they were all started by two guys with uh, planks and rope. That's and right. And they basically created some of the crop circles. So there's, there's a... To me, I've never seen a square crop circle. But, I have. But, oh, you have. Okay. Well, yeah. I would say that the that I would say a high ninety percent uh, of them are circles because of the main fact of what you just said. It's easier to make a circle. Than exactly. A, square. a guy with a board and a rope, and they're going around in a circle. Right. However, with that said, there are some amazingly yeah. elaborate yep. uh, crop crop circles. Not crop crop circles. circles too. Crop circles, which I've I've seen. I saw a book one time. Uh, and it was all uh, dedicated to pictures of crop circles and their various forms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they start out as very, very simple, simple designs. And now geometrically, they're just so amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I give I give props to the people that are making them. It's I a lot of time and effort. I don't believe that they're aliens because number one, we don't have any. There's no video evidence of them occurring. No. Um, although they have been experiments to where they found radioactive material sometimes in these uh, in these circles as they were. Uh, yeah. After was, they've been created. There was a couple of 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 of. Uh, analyses of these that I remember that they said that when you make a, when you make a crop circle by stamping on a board like, like we were just talking about it actually breaks the the uh, the plant right but some crop circles have a, uh, a a weird property where the the stalk is not broken it's actually bent so they assumed that it was heated up and bent rather than stepped on sure so how do you do that I don't know maybe don't... you go out there with a blow dryer oh it could be you know? but they invite they they do invent uh, people are very inventive they're creative how come there's no um, corn circles, man? Like corn? in the United States, there's corn, you know, everywhere. Corn. Hey, remember a couple years ago there was this uh, family, uh, or it was, a, it was a husband and wife, I think, and maybe a kid, and they got lost in one of these uh, corn mazes. <laughs> yes. And they called nine one one. They called nine one one. Yeah. And they're like, "We're trapped in the corn maze." Here's the thing about corn mazes, and I'm going to give you guys a, a public service announcement. Yeah. If you're stuck in a corn maze, walk through the freaking corn. Go in one direction, and at some point you will come out the other you're side. You're going to come out. You're not going to be like stuck you're in, in there uh, forever. You know, seven thousand acres of corn. <laughs> you're in a small. Just walk in one direction. You'll come out the other patch. side. It's not know. like the uh, the hedge maze in uh, The Shining. Speaking of corn, mm. uh, when you were kid, when you were a kid, were you scared by the movie Children of the Corn? The Stephen. Oh, well, we King talked about that on a previous show. Oh, we did. Yes, we did. I was frightened by that. We did movie. the scary movie uh, program. Oh, that remember? was on that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I was scared. Too scared to even watch it. The name Malachi still scares me to this day. Oh, Malachi. I am Malachi. Uh. I don't like children anymore. Do you like corn in its various forms? What would you say is your favorite corn? My favorite corn? On the cob. I love corn on the you cob. like corn on the cob? Do you yeah. put anything on it? Do you put the butter no. on there? No. I, I, sometimes I put a little bit of a, a little bit of butter, but I like maybe a little pepper. You put pepper on yours? Straight corn, man. You ever drink, you ever cook it on the grill? You ever have grilled? I've had grilled corn. It's good. Yep, yep. Yeah. Baked corn on the cob. Baked corn? Yeah, in the oven. No. Yep. yep. No. Yes. You're crazy. There's all kinds of various ways to cook corn. Okay. And uh, no, I eat it straight off the cob. No, uh, no accoutrement. What the hell are we talking about? Crop circles. Crop circles. How do we get to corn on the cob? <laughs> you know, this show is like a it's like a circle. You're always going around in circles, and you get frustrated, and who knows? It's cyclical. All right. So my my next question again. I I, mis- I misunderstood the uh, the purpose yeah. of this program. Yeah, you did. I took questions from people, and I did research on them. Oh, okay. Yours just kind of winged it. Well, mine's better. A female listener, which we love our female listeners now, mm. sometimes a little too much. Maria from Hopedale, Massachusetts, which is nearby the Eon Project Studios, asks this question. If time travel becomes possible in the future, how come we haven't met any time travelers? So wouldn't you think if, if time travel was real, mm-hmm. at some point we would have encountered someone who is a time traveler? Well, Maria, this is a very complex question. Mm-hmm. So possibilities are that... Uh, that we have developed time travel at some point in the very, very distant future. 
And these people are coming back and they're interacting with us. But mm. as part of the uh, time travel rules, if you will, or the bylaws of time travel, mm. they uh, they cannot make themselves known to you. Ah, so it's like, uh, or maybe it's like Quantum Leap. Remember Quantum Leap, the, mm-hmm. the great show where mm-hmm. he would he would travel time, but he would go into the personage of someone else. That's who, right. So. He was acting as that person. Yes. Maybe it's something like that. So he would look into the mirror and he'd see that person and he wouldn't see Did himself. Did you like that show? I Quantum loved it. Leap? That was a great loved show, it. man. What was the guy's name? The guy that was following him around. He had the little the little remote control thing. That was Al, wasn't it? Was it Al? Al? Yes, his name was Al. That was a Scott Bakula was the main guy. Yeah, I loved Scott. Anyway, so I have a little bit of a background on this time travel thing. Okay. What if we actually have met time travelers? Mm-hmm. On November 2nd, in the year of our Lord, 2000... A man, calling himself John Titer, T-I-T-O-R, appeared on an internet message board. So this was before, the internet was obviously re- was around and everybody had it, but it, it wasn't to the point where it is today. We didn't have the smartphones. And, right. You know, the internet was still kind of a weird... Is it Titer or Teeter? Titer. Okay. I call it Titer. Anyway, this guy appeared on an in- internet message board and posted the following. Quote, greetings. They always got to say greetings. Ooh. Greetings. We have that in our title. I am a time traveler from the year 2036. I am on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer from the year 1975. My time machine is a stationary mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. Ooh. The unit is powered by a two-topspin dual-positive singularity that produces a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. Oh, right. The old Tipler sinusoid. I had that once on my uh, big toe on my left foot. I will be happy to post pictures of this unit. So he actually did post a bunch of pictures. And what year was this now? This was in the 2000. Okay. So he did post a bunch of pictures of this unit mounted on a car, much like in Back to the Future. Here's his problem, though. Well, hold on. Okay. Let me finish. Right. You can come up with a problem. Go ahead. Rather, rather than being a DeLorean, though, this was on a 1967 Chevy. Oh. <laughs> so over the next year, this guy continued to post on this message board saying that he needed to travel to 1975 to retrieve a special computer, this IBM 5100, to help debug computers that were still in use in 2036. Mm-hmm. But get this. Got it. There's actually a ring of truth to John Titer's claims Ooh. that he wouldn't know. So listen to this. The IBM 5100 did, in fact, have a feature which IBM never publicly announced mm-hmm. in 1975. Bob Dubuque, an engineer who helped design it, confirmed that such a feature existed. The 5100 had a rare ability to emulate programs in older languages used by IBM mainframes. But the company was worried about the competition and how they would use it, so they didn't tell anybody. Mm. So this computer had this special weirdo debugging system. I see. How did he know about that? Maybe he was part of the program, uh, The you know, he was he had ties to he, the uh, company he, at some point. He could point. have been. So Titer explained that in the year 2004, so this would have been four years into the future, Yep. Uh, there was going to be a nuclear exchange between the United States and Russia, and that the world was a little different. Uh, in the aftermath, he lived, this is what he, in quotes, in 2036, I live in central Florida with my family, and I'm currently stationed in an army base in Tampa, which I don't think there's any army bases in Tampa now. The people have, uh, the people that survived grew closer. Life is centered on family and then community. I can't imagine living a few hundred miles away from my parents. There's no large industrial complex uh, creating masses of useless food and recreation. Food and livestock is grown locally. People spend much more time reading and talking face to face, which that's not true. Uh, religion is taken seriously, and everybody can multiply and divide in their heads. And then he even gave some advice, which actually his advice isn't too bad. Learn basic sanitation. <laughs> learn to shoot and clean a gun. Oh, very important. Consider what you would bring with you if you had to leave your home in 10 minutes and never return. 
After about a year of uh, posting these weirdo messages, Titer disappeared, ostensibly, to 2036. But as you know, there was no nuclear exchange. But maybe, just maybe, here's something for you. John Titer was successful in changing time. He actually averted the crisis by going back a la Terminator and fixing the past before it became... What do you think about that? Well... I think it's a bunch of nonsense. However, what he should have done was he should have pushed he should have pushed a lot of that stuff further out into the future, so it would be harder to corroborate. Well, didn't we talk about this the last time? Like, if you were smart, you would say that the end of the world was going to happen like right. fifty years from now, so right. you're dead. And the other thing is, and, uh, and 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 I've I've seen a lot of movies that that deal in time travel. Yeah, they're very confusing. Very confusing. You're hard to, it's hard to wrap your brain around them. One, well, we're you not jump, very smart. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's tough to figure out. You're uh, you're changing the past, and well, you're moving a lot in different it, timelines. A lot of it doesn't make any sense because, like you said, if you if you travel back in time and you alter events, how would you get back to where you were initially? You've already altered that timeline, mm. so there would be it, it would cancel itself out. Like you would never if you change the past, it would you wouldn't be able to get back to where you were. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's it's just it's I don't know. It's, uh, it's too confusing and uh, my brain hurts. But there's a lot of interesting photographs that have appeared uh, online throughout the the last few years of right. supposed time travelers. Just look up time traveler pics on Google and you get a whole bunch of these photos where there's it appears to be someone out of place in a, in an old-timey photo. Yeah, like somebody using a, a, an iPhone or something. Somebody yeah, somebody holding up supposedly a, a cell phone or somebody wearing clothing that was not uh, in existence at the time. But if you if you look into the backstories of these photos, they're actually not as crazy as they seem at mm. first. But it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, exercise to to think about. You know, if there was time travel in the future, we would we would have already encountered time travelers at some point. You know, the time travel device would break and they'd be stuck here or something. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, don't think it's going to happen. Well, you don't know. Well, according to Doctor Michio Kaku, oh, he says that if time travel were ever to become possible, it would more than likely you'd end up. Being able to leap to the future, and but not, not the past. Come, but not come back again, and that would be like bending space and time and right. jumping through a wormhole or something of that sort. So, so you wouldn't be able to return; you would just be wherever you were. Right. Or uh, apparently, too, if you get closer to a black hole, which which is at the center of the galaxy, mm-hmm. time speeds up for you, but uh, relative to people on Earth, it wouldn't speed it up at all. So you'd age dramatically and come back to Earth. I thought it was the exact opposite. Oh, maybe it is that. the opposite. I thought that time existed normally here. You see, but I told you it was down. confusing. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next topic. Okay. So, Maria, uh, um, keep listening, and maybe we'll talk about time travel in a future episode. All right. The next question comes comes from us uh, from a town in uh, southern Michigan, Sturgis, Michigan. Sturgis. And uh, from, by a gentleman uh, by the name of Muttley. Ooh, Muttley. Muttley in Sturgis, Michigan wants to know, have you ever had an experience that could be considered paranormal? Aha. Uh-huh. Mm. You want me to take that one? Well, I'll start. Oh. So, uh, up until... Not too long ago, I would say no, and it was one, it's one of these things that I've always uh, hoped would happen to me, mm-hmm. but it never happened to me. Um, n- nor did a U- any UFO experiences happen to me. However, when Mike and I uh, embarked upon an adventure several years ago, this is a long time ago, where we decided we wanted to start a uh, a group of sorts, where we would uh, get like minded people together and we would go out and uh, have orgies, <laughs> oh. have paranormal orgies <laughs> in, uh, in in haunted places, in obscure caves throughout. <laughs> The area. No. no. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to do a paranormal investigative group where people would contact us that supposedly were having these uh, interesting, uh, unexplained events, and we'd go there and hopefully try to find some answers for them. We had no idea what we were doing. Nope. Uh, but we went, we went about it anyway. No, you know what, though? I, well, continue with your story. Yeah, no. So 
one thing that I discovered, so basically two, uh, I would say three significant things occurred. And the reason I can speak to them is because I was there. They were there. And I took part in the events, so I know there were no shenanigans right. taking place. And you people listening can take it however you want. Mm-hmm. You could think I'm lying or making it up, but I'm not. So I, I would say the, the first uh, significant event would be uh, we were investigating a home, uh, 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 an older home here in the, in the local area. And these people had been on, uh, actually been on programs before, yeah, uh, paranormal TV programs before, because they, they were searching for answers. They had had these things happening to them, all kinds of uh, manner of things, mm-hmm. if you remember this, Mike. I, I remember. Would you like to explain a little bit about some of the things they were experiencing? Well, which I don't remember which place you're talking about. Uh, the few... one in Blackstone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, we were friendly with, with the, the owner, a really nice guy, yeah. and his wife, yep. really nice people. Um, but yeah, they, they had had their, their show featured on ghost hunters. I believe it was Mm -hmm. they, the ghost hunters people had reported being actually physically assaulted, not sexually assaulted, Mm. physically assaulted by a unseen entity. Sure. So we did go in there and, uh, you know, it's important to note that Jay and I, when we did this, we were very skeptical of all of it. We Mm. were just basically looking to, to, uh, see if we could experience things like you just said and, and see if we could help the people find answers. Um, but I do remember. I I remember personally having an experience in that house too. But why don't you talk about yours? Sure. Well, one of the best things that happened was they bought us pizza. But anyway, they did buy us pizza, and it was delicious. So we, you know, we set up various uh, microphones and uh, video cameras and things of that sort, and pictures and audio recordings and all kinds of things. The, the you almost swore I heard you. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> the main thing of significance that I recall and that I witnessed personally is they were we were setting up. It was myself and another uh, gentleman that was in our group. I use that term loosely. Yes. Um, we're setting up a video camera in the corner of what would be considered the master bedroom. Mm-hmm. And the camera was facing in the corner, facing out towards the bed. And they had like a set of uh, like folding louvered doors that would lead into the closet. Yep. And you know what a louvered door is, I right? I do. It's yes. like the, the horizontal slats. Yep. So you see that you see the louver the, is also in a museum in france yeah so we go back and we're reviewing the video and you can see the camera moving you see us kind of setting it up uh you see us walk out of the room and it's a small room so you know nobody else is in the room right and we're watching it and suddenly we see a a ball of light what can only be described as a, a tiny uh, small little ball of light maybe i don't know an inch not, half an inch across not an orb mind you no no, not an, an orb. P- not not a picture a, of like an orb. A point of light. Exactly. Yes. Like like a like a self-contained mini sun, basically, mm. came out of one of the louvers of the closet. Yeah, I remember that. Came down, made some weird twists and turns, and went back up into the closet. And then came out again, went over near the bed, and then kind of disappeared. I think, yeah. if I re- if my no, that, recollection that, that sounds is about, that sounds about right. is correct. So yeah. that was interesting in that case. So I would consider that unexplainable. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But it was quite interesting. Yeah, that was. Yeah, we had a couple of we we probably had you know five or six throughout the course of our time mm. uh, doing investigations. So it really, it wasn't that long. It was maybe like over a year or so period. Sure. We did a bunch of things and maybe five or six things that happened that we couldn't explain, and and we could probably talk about them more in in depth in a future episode. But yeah, that you know until it happens to you, you right. think there's absolutely no way that this this is real. But then once it happens to you, you can't be convinced that it's not real. Right. So it's one of those instances. Exactly. Yeah. Good question, though. Thank you. That was, uh, once again, that was uh, Muttley. Yep, good old Muttley. So we're out at about the halfway point of the show here, as per usual on the program. And today is interesting. Today is going to be an interesting uh, halfway point segment. So, you know, we always talk about we like music. We play mu- different musical acts here on the uh, on the program. Yes. We were uh, contacted by a local um, artist, 
I like I use that term with quite uh, reverence, with some reverence, much reverence, I should say. Much reverence. Uh, he's quite talented. He sent us an email. He's a uh, a rapper. Oh. He's a local rapper here in the area. He goes by the name of Fudgy Q. Fudgy Q. That's right. He's from River Street, one socket. <laughs> and uh, he said he's he's up and coming. He's new to the new to the scene. River and, Street. Uh, he said, hey, can you can you play my rap song for me? I'm looking to promote it. I'm trying to get my name out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I listened to it. I really enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to play it for you now. So here we go. Hell yeah. Here we go. Check it. Here I am, you might not know me But what I have to say is just exploding I come across the mic like a fury There's nothing like me, but not to worry I pick my spots like a fighter Spoof flames out my mouth like a lighter I lay my words down like it's a cyclone Fight hard like the troops in the drop zone Oh oh, can't you see What the music's done to me Used to drive a Chevrolet Now I'm rapping every day here I am, I'm back again Tearing you down like you ain't my friend I change the mag when it goes empty A tap rack, I'm at the ready I play the game so damn good Was born in Wu-Town but it weren't the hood So here I go, I'll drop the hook Take some notes cause I wrote the book Oh oh, can't you see What the music's done to me Used to drive a Chevrolet Now I'm rapping every day I'm new on the scene but I'm here to stay I'm just not right and a little insane I'm new on the scene but I'm here to stay I'm just not right and a little insane I'm new on the scene but I'm here to stay I'm just not right and a little insane I'm new on the scene but I'm here to stay I'm just not right and a little insane Same Yeah Same Here we go baby Insane. I'm turning blue, I got you in a chokehold You should've stepped back once you were told Santa mask, I shoot to stop If I pull the trigger, a body will drop Once you're down, I'll help you out Put you down again, that's what I'm about I don't battle, just to survive I'm gonna swarm the fight like bees to the hive Hive, 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 hive. Oh oh, can't you see? What the music's done to me. Yeah, baby. Used to drive a shit town. All right. What'd you think of that? Fudgy Q, man. Man, rockin'. Name rockin'. of the future. You know what I loved about that? It was, uh, you know, there was like hip-hop beats, but then they were, I heard some electric guitar in there. So it's eclectic. Uh, eclectic. It, was a, it, was a, it was some different things. It was good sounds. I liked it. Okay. Outstanding. So you, did you say you had some personal questions that people had asked? Yes. Do you want to get into you some of You want me to ask one? Yeah. All right, let me them? see. Hold on. Let me look at my, uh, let me look at my list here. Um... Okay, this is from... Oh, wait, because we're on a break, let's tell everybody what we're doing. So we're doing oh, yeah, the yeah. listener question show. That's right. So everything that we're talking about today was asked by a listener. That's correct. Not our problem. Not our, not our <laughs> problem, no. But various listeners uh, asked a bunch of questions. Yes. So this one, this one is a little uh, intimate. Oh. This is from Matilda. Matilda? And Matilda is in Blackburn, Lancashire, which is in the UK. Oh, cheerio. Yep. And Blackburn, Lancashire. Matilda wants to know. Can I say it in Matilda's voice? Yes. What is your most and least desirable bodily feature? (laughs) (laughs) Did you get that okay? I heard it. All right. Most desirable? Most and least desirable bodily feature. Most and least desirable. I'd say least desirable is easier. Mm. My head is very large. (laughs) It is large and bulbous. 
Okay. And um, I have trouble having hats fit on me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you, you, this was directed at me? But, well, both of us. Oh, both of us. I think my head is the worst. The head is the worst. Yeah, cool. All right. How about you? Do What's you have your... anything that you're proud of? Uh, my intellect. Oh. My, I'm very proud. Is that a bodily feature? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay, well, this, you? Is, this is a tough question because, um, well, like you, I'll answer the worst part first. I would say my worst feature would be my face. Yeah. Uh, it looks like I Only got... Only your mother could love it. Looks like I got kicked in the mug by a uh, a rabid alpaca. Well, you've been punched several times in your life. I have. <laughs> so I'm, I'm ugly. So that's probably the worst. Hmm. And the best would have to probably be my left elbow. Yeah? I have a nice left elbow. I've been told that my elbow is nice. Surprised you don't have a giant right forearm. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it is in shape. Which reminds me, are you a hard gainer? A what? A hard gainer. I don't know what that is. Uh, in, in reference to like the gym, like if you're working out. Oh, yeah? Like you have a problem with certain bodily body parts to get them to build muscle? No, I just don't go to the gym. Oh. So that, that solves that problem. Okay. Uh, I've been to the gym many, many times in my life. Yeah. Uh, you know what I feel like about the gym? And here's my philosophy about working out. You like crop dusting people? No, you get oh. what you put into it, man. It's 100%. It's 100% effort. Sure. If you put the effort in, you will definitely see results. Well, I'm on a mission now. I'm okay. on a mission because I've been I've been in the gym off and on a good portion of my life. Right. And there's certain parts of my body that will not grow. Okay. And, like, I, and like, I mean that in the in the most. Uh, well, you can't work out certain body parts at the gym. Uh, well, it depends on where you are. If you're in the locker room, it's fine. That's true. Um, you got to put your foot up on the on the bench. I would say I'm top heavy. <laughs> I have a thicker yeah. upper body, yeah. but I have very thin, spindly legs. A lot of people have that problem. And that's an I've, effort problem. I think. I've been working hard at trying to get them uh, get mm-hmm. them going. Yep. But I'm just I'm I'm having a hard time making gains. So if it. you ha- if you have any uh, workout tips for Jay mm. for legs, mm. send them our way. Yeah, please do. All right, so I'm gonna move to one. Here's one that uh, I didn't really research because I figured we would just talk about it. Oh, I like that. And you don't know what the, you don't know uh, that I was gonna ask this. Okay. Rush fan, twenty one twelve from Nashville. You're are you a Rush fan? You like Rush? I the, do enjoy the Rush. Canadian rockers. Oh, what a power trio they are! It's three guys. They sound like a band of fifty. They're amazing. Uh, the lead singer, Getty Lee. Getty Lee is also the bass player, is he not? He is, and he plays keyboards. And he plays keyboards. That's right. And Neil Peart. 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 Neil Peart. He, you know, he's the main songwriter. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but you know what? I bet Rush fan 2112 from Nashville knows that. I bet he does. Anyway, Rush fan 2112 from Nashville writes, Who do you guys think killed JFK? <gasps> I knew that that would get your... Uh, I can't believe you asked that. It would get your because juices flowing. I quickly looked down the list, and there's another... Oh, uh, JFK related question later okay. on down the line. Well, why don't you why don't you uh, tackle this one? Because you're a big JFK uh, assassination uh, buff. All right, so you ready for this? I'm yeah. going to break it down in its most simplest form. Okay. Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> That's it. And you're laughing because you know that I we've had conspiracy be... talks over the years. We have. And so my my philosophy on this has changed quite dramatically over the course of time. So, okay. Um, you know, being younger, when I was younger, I, I subscribed to the idea of Lee Harvey Oswald. But then as I got older and I started learning about uh, different things and learning about conspiracies and learning more about the different, uh, you know, aspects of what was going on in the United States and across the world at the time, mm-hmm. it made me look more towards the conspiracy aspect. And I, I jumped wholeheartedly on the uh, Oliver Stone bandwagon. Oh, the JFK from the movie. JFK movie. Right. Which was, a, which was a very entertaining movie. It was very entertaining. It's a little low on facts. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, they take facts. liberties with a lot sure, of the stuff there. Sure do. Um, 
And okay. so I, I subscribe to the idea that it, that it was a multifaceted conspiracy between the mob, the CIA, <laughs> the Russians, perhaps. Who knows? Right, sure, right? sure. Um, and I read a book a few years ago. Actually, I wouldn't even call it a book. I'd call it more like a Bible because it was so thick and it was a, it was a tough read. A thick one. It was called Legacy of Secrecy. It was a, it was a large book. And I let my, somebody borrow it six years ever, ago and I never came back. But you, anyway. Do you ever read like the... It's hard to read books from start to finish, especially ones that are so long. It is. And this one had a lot of moving parts to it. Yeah. It was trying to tie... It's a long story. Now, trust me, they did their research, and they tied a lot of the uh, the, the aspects of things together, you know, between the mob and, and the CIA and all that stuff. Right. But the more I researched uh, or read about Lee Harvey Oswald over the course of time since then, I've gone back to that theory that he, and he alone, was responsible for it. Because he was he was mentally deranged, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk more about him later when I get to that other question. Oh, but, okay. But right. uh, yeah, so no, the short the long and short of it is, I, I think that there were a lot of other forces at play, but I think he was the I think he was solely responsible. Okay. Well, how do you feel? Uh, I feel like Lee Harvey Oswald was a integral component to it. I think he probably had assistance from somebody else that we just don't know who mm-hmm. who that was. And when I say assistance, I mean whether it was planning or. Um, you know, some sort of logistical assistance, some, something along those. I don't think that there was an enormous conspiracy amongst all those groups that you mentioned earlier. It's simply for the fact that if there was, we would have we would have found out about it by now. That somebody would have come out with something. Um, and all you have is a lot of conjecture. But what I think happened is that he he assassinated the president with the help of somebody else. But there was also a lot of mistakes, mishaps, mishandlings. Uh, that the that the Secret Service and and the governmental uh, law enforcement agencies were involved in, and because of their mistakes, uh, and because of the fact that they would be embarrassed publicly, they kind of covered up a lot of things that happened mm-hmm. to make it look like it was a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So they actually made it worse in trying to keep it quiet. Sure. So that's what I think. I think that a lot of a lot of what we consider to be a conspiracy was actually people just covering their own ass when something bad happened and they right. they weren't in the right position. Exactly. That's what I think. Well, let's let's jump into the to the other question that's yeah. kind of related to that. Sure, sure. So this is from a guy by the name of uh well, he goes by the letter A, so it's A Heidel oh. in uh, in Dallas, Texas. Wow. Yeah. Scene of the crime. Yep. And he wants to know, can you explain the significance of Francis Gary Powers being shot down over Russia and the connection to Lee Harvey Oswald? I can tell you that. Go for it. Just Why don't you off explain the top of who, my head. who Gary Powers was. Francis first. Gary Powers was a was a U two spy plane pilot. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm just off the cuff here. Mm. Was it was a U two and the U two spy plane was the most advanced spy uh, plane that we had, most advanced technology, surveillance technology that, in the world at that time. Right. And the plane flew at such high altitude that it was considered to be impossible to shoot down. Uh, most people couldn't even. De- most countries couldn't even detect it on their radar. That's how f- how high this thing flew. Right. And we used to send this thing. When I say we, I mean the United States government used to send it over Russia mm-hmm. and also o- over other communist countries. Now, obviously, there was a Cold War going on at the time, and we f- we thought it was pretty much untouchable. However, um, Lee Harvey Oswald, in his service in the military, and please correct me if I'm wrong, was a radar operator. That's correct. And in his service as a radar operator, he learned about the capabilities of the U-2 spy plane. And when he defected to Russia, he probably shared the secrets of the U-2 spy plane with them. Mm. As a result, they were able to shoot down Francis Gary Powers' U-2 spy plane, causing a huge embarrassment. Um, And please correct me if I'm wrong again, but I think we traded him. There was like a prisoner exchange. That's right. So, yeah, so... uh Francis, uh, we'll just call him uh, Mr. Powers for the time being. So, yeah, you were right. He was an Air Force pilot. He actually left the Air Force, Mm. and he got hired on 
and worked specifically for the CIA. So the CIA was running this program, right? Um, and he was he was selected because he was a he was a, a you know a great pilot, a, you know good uh, great skills good as dude. a pilot, good mm-hmm. dude. And he was flying this plane high above Russia. And like you said, he, they had flown many missions before, had no issues before, uh, up until May first of the year nineteen sixty when he got when he got shot down. An interesting note too. He took a lot of flack, Mr. Powers did, when he came back to the United States, when they eventually traded him for some other Russian uh, spies, right. because they said that he didn't do his job in the sense that... Uh, he shouldn't have been shot down. Well, not only that, but he had a... Um, so the, the plane had a self-destruct mechanism, oh. which he failed to initiate. Well, would it, would it have killed him had he hit the uh, uh, Well, it would have. Uh, it could have. <laughs> he, he was supposed to eject and hit the self-destruct oh, and all okay. that stuff. But yeah. anyway... Um, he didn't do it. So he didn't hit the button. And they recovered. They pretty much recovered the plane almost intact. Oh. Um, and the other thing that he didn't do was he had a uh, he had a coin around his neck, like a silver dollar. Okay. And hidden in the in the edges or the ridges of the coin was was a poison that was oh. it was created by a poison. He was uh, supposed to take that. Created from a poison uh, shellfish. So he's supposed to like ingest this poison. Got it. And not be taken captured uh, captured alive. And he didn't do that either. And he didn't do that either. Okay. So, but then he was he was pardoned after that, you know, they, and they kind of so, like, he got his reputation back. One has to wonder what secrets about our surveillance plane capabilities were obtained by Russia at the time because of those things. Right. And please, you know, understand that you know things happen in 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 warfare and, and in the military and things, and, and nothing usually goes the way that it's supposed to go. But a lot of those top secret flight, uh, top secret planes, things like that. We're supposed to destroy them rather than let them get right. captured. But jumping back to uh, Lee Harvey Oswald for a second, so he left the Marine Corps in 1959, and while he was while he was on active duty, he w- he was kind of a substandard right. uh, Marine. He got busted a couple times for doing various things, but he always uh, proclaimed a love for Russia. Mm. He was always trying to learn Russian. Always said that he he liked the Soviet Union and that he wanted to go to the Soviet Union. Right. So when he separated from the Marine Corps, that's what he did. He took some money that he had saved up, and he somehow made it to Moscow. Yeah, and said that he wanted to be a uh, you know a, a Soviet citizen. He was there for some time. Uh, he tried to renounce his American citizenship. Well, I was going to say, did, didn't he renounce his American? He tried to, but it was never uh, uh, it was never recognized. So well, that makes he didn't. That makes more sense because then he was able, after some time in Russia, come back to the United States. That's which right. You wouldn't. You wouldn't think that they would have allowed that, right? So I think he had. I think he had delusions of grandeur. I think he just had some mental. Uh, deficiency that made him feel like he was more important than he really was. He well, made, plus, he had violent temper. Uh, he used to beat his wife. He right. was not a nice guy. Right. And, and and like you said earlier, that's probably part of maybe they gained some information from him while he was there because it wouldn't hold it past him right. to uh, to maybe garner some favor, uh, you know, with the with the Soviets at the time. Right. Um, but yeah, no, he was shot down. Uh, Fourteen missiles, I think, they were fired, and one of them hit him. Oh. But. Uh, yeah, so that goes to the conspiracy, and some of the conspiracy theorists will say, well, while he was in Russia, he became an agent for the Russians, mm-hmm. then he came back to the U.S. and was a double agent, um, and that's how all these different conspiracies uh, well, took over. And, and if you're gonna if you're gonna follow that conspiratorial line, then you would think, okay, let's say for argument's sake that he was an agent for Russia, why would he want to assassinate Kennedy just to be replaced by Johnson, who was a Southern uh, hawkish? president who would be a hardliner mm. uh, more of a hardliner on russia than than jfk would have been. right so who you know you have to think about things like that you do and you have to also think about the crime itself mm-hmm. what, a, what a horrific yeah uh crime you have to you have to have some serious deep-seated hate for a, a person a conspiracy like talking conspiracy wise right to get all these people together 
to conspire to, to murder a president of the United States? Well, I can tell you. Have you ever been to Dealey Plaza in Dallas? Uh, I haven't, no. It's I ha- a place I, I'd like to go, actually. I lived in Dallas, well, in the Dallas area for a few years, uh, years and years ago. And I've been to Dealey Plaza. And I can tell you, it's very it's very creepy because it looks exactly like it did in 1963. Yep. Uh, you know, it... it everything is set up exactly the same. It really didn't change anything. You can go into the book, book suppository building. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know it's depository. I'm saying suppository because it's funny. Uh, you can go into the building. You can see the window where he was. And it's just, it's a, it's an interesting place to visit. There's a, there's an assassination museum. You can go in there. Yep. Uh, definitely if you're in the, it's not an all day affair, but if you're in that area, go check it out. But sure. It's, just, it's a cool to see. Interesting. Place. Cool. There's a whole lot more we could talk about, but. So there you go. Uh, what do you Rush, get? What do you Rush get next? 2112. Yep. I have one. Um, that is not related to anything. <laughs> oh, cool. So here we go. Christian from Atlanta, Georgia mm. writes, what cartoon series is the best of all time? Ooh. So I think he's looking for our opinion. Right off the top of my head. Okay. I was a huge fan mm-hmm. of Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. The old school Mighty Mouse. I can tell you, I didn't think you were going to say that. Cartoons. That's here the first thing. Here I come you, to save yes. the day. When you said that, it... it that popped into my head immediately. And the reason, probably the reason being is because when I was a youth, mm-hmm. I was a very uh, 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 unassuming, small, statured human. Slow-witted. That was uh, brutally picked on <laughs> growing up yes. because I was kind of uh, small. Very small. A lot smaller than everybody else. Yeah. And uh, so I was picked on a lot. So I always felt, uh, you know, a, I remember a connection. Someone, someone stole your starter cap once. <laughs> he was large. And scary. I remember, and it was at. I think. It, please correct me if I'm wrong, but was weren't we at like Catholic education? Yes. And someone came and stole your starter cap. But he was a large boy, uh, and yes. everyone was afraid of him. And I couldn't get it back. Nobody was able to get it. Because I wouldn't be here today if I tried. No. So I always uh, related to the smaller superhero that had, uh, you know, strength and power and you, agility. You lived vicariously through Mighty Mouse. I did. That is that your is that your final answer for it the is. best cartoon series of all time? Yep. Well, for me, I have to tell you. That I used to be very much a fan of He-Man. Mm. Uh, you know, He-Man. Well, you're a lot like He-Man. I look very much like He-Man with the blonde flowing locks. That's right. I actually don't have blonde And the tight locks. pants that are filled to capacity. But no, I, I liked I liked He-Man, and I especially liked Skeletor. Because Skeletor, he talks like this here. <laughs> but he was like supposed to be this evil genius guy or mastermind. Yeah, he was kind of bumbling around. Wasn't he, he looked he was enormous, looked like a bodybuilder, you know, had a mm. scary skull face, but he was an idiot. And he would be like, "Ah, he man, he's foiled me again." And he would like, yeah. He was a fun he was kind of funny. And the the bad guys, uh, you know, he had his, his cadre of bad guys, yes. Beast Man, yep. Trap Jaw, uh, you know, a bunch of those manny faces, <laughs> stuff like that. And they were all kind of dumb, mm. but they were funny too. And they would say funny things. Right. He Man himself was not funny. No, he wasn't. Never said anything funny. So obviously, the people who created that program did that on purpose. They said, like, "All right, he's going to be like a Supermanish figure." What was his alter ego? Prince? Was it Prince something? Prince? Yeah, it was Prince. Uh, oh God, what is his name? It's gonna. I'm gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna drive me nuts. Oh, you. All right, continue anyway. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, Prince Adam. Thank oh, you. you I, I remember now. All right, Prince Adam, and then. Tila Ooh, was his his cousin. His I love think, interest, right? right? No, 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 no. Tila was his cousin. I oh, think. but that's still his love interest. She-Ra was He-Man's love interest, and She-Ra had her own show. She did. It was a spinoff. It wasn't as good. No, but she was hot. She was a heart. Who's the hottest cartoon character of all time? Let me ask you that. Oh, there's a, there's been a lot. 
Oh, the girls from Josie and the Pussycats. Yep, yep. They were very sexy. I'm not into bestiality, but when Bugs Bunny dressed up like a girl bunny, I found him to be attractive. Really? Yeah. Like with the lipstick and all that? Oh, there was a girl bunny in um, Space Jam who was very attractive. Never saw that. Oh, you should check it out just for the for the the anthropomorphic <laughs> girl who was actually a. Bunny. All right, so you liked He Man. He Man. I like Mighty Mouse. Okay. All so right. hopefully that answers your question. Let's get back sure. to a, a more deeper question. A more deeper. More deepest. Uh, the deepest of deep. Okay, here we go. This is from Templeton, from Bluffton, Indiana, Ooh. and he wants to know. Are the existence of God and aliens mutually exclusive? Ah, that's an interesting question. It is interesting because, you know, you hear that a lot. And I actually, <laughs> I just saw somebody <laughs> making a comment about this the other day. How, uh, I don't know if you saw the thing about supposedly life on Mars. I did. They, they well, found they, the, uh, they found some molecules. Organic molecules yes, or whatever. I did see that. And somebody made a comment uh, on that thread that basically said, oh, now we now you don't, now because there's life on Mars, you don't have to worship uh, some... Yeah, uh, you know, spirit in the sky or I, something like that, and I'm like, well, that's a stupid comment. I don't get it. Like, why? Why can't God exist and can. life elsewhere exist as it's, well? It sure can. So, if you're a big fan, and, and we haven't talked about this at all, but if you're a proponent of the Bible being literal or whatever the case may be, um, and I don't particularly agree with that stance, but just I don't think it says anywhere in the Bible that Earth, uh, Earth is the only place where people exist or there's life. It doesn't say that. Number mm. one. But number two, no, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. There could be, um, I don't understand how you even make that connection. I don't either. How do you say, oh no, oh, let's say they found a, an alien guy running around on Uranus, which is would be really it gross. happens quite often. Yeah. If they found that, why does that have anything to do with someone's religion? What, what, is, what do the two have to do right. with each other? I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe somebody that's more versed or well-versed in their uh, religious... Well, I can tell uh, you that when it comes to religiosity, I've had many a conversation with people, people that I respect, smart people who have the most narrow-minded view of things like that, where I've actually gotten into really heated arguments with people. Mm. When, you say, when you say things like, um, you know, I believe that there's, there's other life in the universe. Oh my gosh, No. That is against religion. That is against. Then you don't believe in God. Well, then so yeah, I, mean, I don't get it. We would never. Obviously, we would never. Um, you know, talk down to somebody or talk bad about their beliefs. That's not what we do here on the program. No, everybody can believe and think whatever they want because God knows we're kind of uh, out there sometimes with some <laughs> of the things that we believe. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with with people that don't believe in God, atheists. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be as qu- quite narrow-minded and as irrational as some other people. So. Right, and they make fun of people and belittle them and things like that. You can believe whatever it is that you want to believe. I'm never going to talk down to you about it, but just keep in mind that there are other theories and there are other beliefs out there as well. So keep an open mind with anything that you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a great way to answer that question. So yeah, you're right. You know what? Aliens on Uranus. Aliens are... Hey, uh, I got a joke for you. Oh, what is it? How are toilet paper and Captain Kirk similar they both wipe off klingons they both hang around uranus looking for klingons oh <laughs> hey what do you think of the uh, speaking of jokes you ever had the uh tasty gas station delight the snowball is that the coconut encrusted ball of dough that has yeah, it's cream like, in it yeah it's like a smushy marshmallowy thing with i can't say that i've never had one of those no. never had one no is I, that even food it is i eat them quite frequently <laughs> Actually, that's my that's my maybe pre- that's the problem with the gym that's, is that you can't, no it's my pre workout meal dude oh it's all sugar It gives me everything I need I to see. get me through a good pump I see so you, you eat the snowballs you go pump yourself you get crop dusted by hot chicks and then you leave what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten this is a question I'm oh. thinking of from a from a gas station oh like from when a you're gas really station? hungry and you're at the gas station late uh, at night 
You know what? I've had uh, I've had many hot dogs from like Seven Elevens at you know mm. two in the morning when you're coming back from the bar, mm. stuff like that. Uh, but probably the weirdest thing I uh, that I ever ate from a gas station. You know those pre-made sandwiches that they have in oh, there? Oh yeah. I once had a chicken salad sandwich from a gas station that had some sort it was of chickenish, some sort of crunchy. <laughs> Uh, cartilage-infused chunks mm. in it. Probably one of the most disgusting things I ever ate in my life. That reminds me of a time where I was I was flying from Japan back to the United States. Oh, you're a jet setter. And I landed in uh, Kansai International Airport Ooh. on mainland Japan. Mm-hmm. And I was hungry. Hungry as you could be. And, of course, there was nothing Americanized there at the time. Why it would was, there be? It was just a... Japaneseized. Snack, a strange Japanese snack bar by the... Uh, <laughs> By the term in the terminal, the Japanese always have weird. They have weird candy. They have weird yeah, snack bars. Strange. Anyway, uh, good. Yeah. So I'm looking at the. I'm, I'm hungry as all hell, and I got a, a 16 hour flight ahead of me. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to eat something out of this display case. <laughs> but I didn't know what I was looking at. No. So I just pointed to something that looked like a hot dog. Give me that. And uh, they took it out for me. It looked like a hot dog. It was like 30 yen or whatever the heck it was. Oh, it was probably more than that. I don't know. But I bit into it. And as you stated about cartilage, there was a white, hard, thin, tubular piece that ran the length of the dog. What the hell is that? I don't know. It could have been a vast deference. I don't know what it was. But it was disgusting. <laughs> I couldn't eat it. I had to throw it away. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. It was so a waste. Know, it did, I wonder if it said hot dog or if it said cartilage tube. I don't know. It could have been maybe Japanese. something they scraped off the bottom of the ocean. It, I have no, it could have been. no idea. Interesting. I don't know. Well. Okay. Yeah. What's the next question? I don't have. You any don't more. have any more? Oh, I no. think I have one more. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, I'm looking down my list here. Yep. I got one more. Okay. This is from a guy who goes by the name of Double A. Oh. And he's in Columbia, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know what is your go-to beer? Ah, that's a great question. Mm. See, when I hear the term "go-to beer," I think of something that you kind of go back to. Not just like you know, you try new things and then you like them, mm-hmm. but you don't typically get that mm. so, the go-to beer i can tell you this uh it depends on the season okay it's a seasonal uh thing for me okay i would say so anytime fall spring winter mm-hmm. i would say i'm a guinness person i love guinness i can drink guinness any time of the year um but in the summertime you want something a little bit lighter uh in my opinion so then you go with uh you know uh oh gosh i don't know what do you think <laughs> Well, I will say this: I am not a I am not a beer snob. Certainly Me neither. Not. And I I've encountered many a beer snob in my day. As a matter of fact, I know one quite quite well. And uh, you know, I can't even talk beer about it. Uh, talk about beer to him, I should say. Oh, what is he? What is he a fan of? Well, he's into the, all these the micro brews. Maybe a, a, a strawberry rhubarb quinoa this one, chocolate stout that I've uh, I've created. This one has Mexican adobo chocolate in it. Mmm, so good. Ah, uh, low carb. It's wonderful on the palate. The mouth feel is delightful. And if you say, "Hey, I had a uh, I had a Bud Light the other day," they get mad, oh, they get oh, mad at you. <laughs> oh, no Bud Light. What does he get? You ever, why do they get mad at you? I don't know. That's, like, if that's what I'm drinking, that's what I'm drinking. It's none of your business. Stop being a beer snob. God. So I, I will drink any and all beers. So would I. I'll try, I've tried various uh, micro brews. I've tried beet beer. Yep. I've tried grapefruit beers. I've tried, uh, I like Guinness. Beer. I do enjoy Guinness. But my go-to beer, and I'm going to be drinking it tonight because I'm going to be at a gathering with the beer snob, and I want him to say something to me so I can punch him in his face. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Coors. 
The original banquet beer in the gold can. Oh, the old timey one has to be in the can. Oh, you know what though? They make those stubby bottles. Yeah, no, I don't cool like too? the stubby bottle. Oh, I like the golden can. So you're the banquet guy. The banquet beer, just the straight Coors with the oh, Sam Elliott does the commercial. I've had them. He's like, Coors. Coors was, you know, my the banquet. My father. Beer. My father was not never a big drinker, but back in way back in the day, yeah. you know, on a hot summer day, he would uh, after mowing the lawn or something, mm. he would get a nice Coors can, oh. those long, the long golden ones. Yes, and he would drink that. So I, I get it. You I want, get I get Coors. You want to hear a funny uh, Coors can uh, story quick? Sure. So <clears throat> my uh, my dad used to drink a lot of beer mm-hmm. back in the day, and Coors was one of his uh, one of his beers of choice, and uh, he's he since stopped drinking. Thank, thankfully. Yes. Um, but the the house that, that I grew up in, that, that I lived in with my parents growing up, my mother still resides there. Mm-hmm. And they were up in the attic doing some work, some renovation work one day. Mm-hmm. And the workman was moving uh, some insulation. And he found a stash or a cachet, <laughs> a if cachet. you will, of empty Coors cans. Yeah. From like the seventies, okay. you know, with the pull tab. Yeah, yeah. And they were they were open. They were, I have one. I took one. I have it, and it's in the other room on display. Okay. It's a retro Coors can. So I wonder who stashed it there. My old man did. Well, why would he do that? He didn't want anybody well, knowing. He used to hide in various places and drink. He would just hide in a place. <laughs> he was in the attic drinking. Good for him. You know, speaking of beer, I was just on a business trip. You know, I do actually have another job uh, besides this program. Yes. A job that actually pays people, and I was on a business trip this week to Long Island, New York. And I when I when I go on trips, I like to try the local, you know, beers that they have there because mm. you don't typically get a chance to have those right. when you're in other places. And I would like to give a quick shout out to the Montauk Brewing Company. Oh, like the Montauk Monster? Yeah, mm. it's uh, it's called Montauk Brewing, I think. Uh, excellent. It's called Wave Chaser IPA. Oh, it comes in a can. Yep. And I had many of them over the last week. How did that make you feel? Delicious. Oh, the next day, not so good because they are very strong. But <laughs> uh-huh. I did have many of them. Congratulations, Montauk! You have a great product. Send me some, please, if you're hearing this. Isn't there like a uh, isn't there like a, a, a group that like you can get on? You can join this group and you, and you oh send, yeah that you send beers to the, one another. Oh, I don't know about that. I know this is like a beer of the month group or whatever, but yeah, no, like you get you get in contact with these people, like some guy that no, lives I in uh, Washington that. State. That sounds cool. And he packs up local beers that you can't get here, and he sends them to you. And no, I didn't know stuff. that. But yeah. I did have a friend who was visiting the New England area recently who was a big fan. He became a big fan of Narragansett beer, mm. which if you were from here, you don't drink Narragansett beer because it kind of tastes like poo, mm. and you feel you have a headache the next day. But uh, he, he was like, oh, I'm trying this microbrew, this Narragansett. It's wonderful. Oh. It's wonderful beer. All right, so that was our show. Well, hopefully you got something out of it. That was an interesting <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, experience to say the least. Different things. Little this, little of that, mm-hmm. little uh, little spice here and there. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so if you have any suggestions for future programs, drop us a line. We don't hear from you guys as, as much as we would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you ever get a, a chance, get a minute, you like the show, you don't like the show, you want something different, you want to tell Jay that he's attractive, Yep. Uh, send us an email. You can reach us at the Eon Project. That's T-H-E-E-O-N Project at Yahoo.com. You can also find us on, on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we got some interesting things coming up in the works. We're trying to uh, to get a couple of uh, uh, well, we were trying to get a couple of guests on the program. I think we may have. Do we have a guest coming up? Uh, I think we scared one away, but uh, we'll, we'll try to get him back. We'll try to get him back. We're also going to be uh, planning a uh, a trip. Oh yeah, we're going up uh, a local trip. We're going to the Hammond Castle, which we talked about on a previous show. Very exciting. And uh, maybe we'll do some remote stuff from there. That would be cool. We'll do a little recording. That's right. And props to uh, Fudgy Q for that great song. Yeah, thanks, Fudgy. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. Just remember. The truth exists. Believe it.